God. Father, we rejoice that we are accepted in the beloved. Thank you, Lord, that we are complete in you, the head of all principalities and powers. Thank you for revelation knowledge that is gifted us. And thank you for grace that multiplies through knowledge this morning. A decree that veils full of clarity comes by your word. Burdens and yokes are destroyed. Whatever is not planted by God, rooted out in the name of Jesus. Your people equipped, built up, edified, Jesus glorified. By the end of this service, nobody lives the same way they came. We give you praise, glory, and honor for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We're so glad to welcome all of you, social media community. And I want to thank all of you friends and family members in, on social media for all that you continue to do to help us get this gospel to the ends of the earth. To even regions that are not named because of your continuous co commitment to this vision, the vision of reintroducing Jesus to this generation, equipping the believer to know who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, and what Christ can do through you. Thank you again. Like you've always done, let's do it again this morning. Share the video on your page. Share with all the groups, all the groups on your page. Create watch parties. Tag some people this morning. Deliberately, intentionally target some people and tag them into the service. They will thank you later on. And then, of course, put them on monogram, telegram, and WhatsApp groups. Let's flood the earth with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. All of our campuses around the world, what a joy to have all of you connected to the service. And all our Bible study centers around the, the nation. We love all of you and we're glad you're here this morning. And hey, if you're just connected to this service for the first time today, we love you. Get ready. It's going to be exciting. You'll be glad you are a part of this today. Amen. Are we excited to be here this morning? Can we celebrate the Lord with a shout this morning? Glory! Amen! Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible, and you can be seated with your sweet, smart self this morning. Let's get into the word of his grace. It's been exciting throughout this new creation camp meeting. Did you, did you have a nice time in the house churches through the week? Praise God. Well, those of you who are not answering me, it means you didn't go to any house church. That's why you don't know whether you had an exciting time or not. <laughs> but we've been examining the in Christ realities. And I want to encourage those of you who have not been consistent in following these teachings. Please, I beg of you, go and get all the CDs, get all the materials. Sit down on your own and study. If you refuse to study today, you will pay for ignorance tomorrow in a very, with very hard currency. You will pay for ignorance very seriously if you refuse to humble yourself and create deliberately time to study the word of God. And you have no excuse because it is available to you. It is right at your doorstep. People are traveling from different nations of the world to come here and get this word. And you are just a few meters away from here. 
You're just a few meters away from here. You have no excuse whatsoever. You know, Jesus looked at the city and he said, if the miracles that were done in Tyre and Sidon were done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. That's an indictment. That's a judgment, actually. You know, I, you, you, you don't want to put yourself in a place where you are ungrateful for what God has made available to you. Because when you don't appreciate what God has made available to you, you lose it. Truly, you lose it. You know, you lose it. Uh -uh. <clears throat> all right, that's just all I've seen on that. Let's get back to our teaching this morning in Christ. We do not read the word to get something. The word of God is not a means to get something. The word of God is the end. It's not a means to an end. Stop approaching the word of God as a means to an end. Approach the word of God as the end. As the end. The knowledge of the word is the end in itself. Jesus said in John chapter 17 verse number 3. John chapter 17 verse number 3. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee. The only true God. That is Jesus Christ. Whom thou hast sent. This is life eternal. That they may know thee. We study the word of God not to get things. We study the word of God to know him. That they may know thee. That's why it is the end. It's not a means. It's not a tool. The word of God is not a tool we use for getting material things. The word of God is the end in itself. We are not learning to get something out of God. It is to come to the place of knowing him in the word. And when we know him, that is the end. If any man glory, let him glory in this that he knows me. Let him glory that he knows me. That's the pursuit of the believer. Brother Paul speaking after many years of ministry. In the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. Arrived at after about 30 years of ministry. Look at what he was still praying for. That I may know him. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him. That's the pursuit. Not to get something out of God. Someone will say well was in it for me. What's in it for you is that you know God. That's what is in it for you. I mean, if, if, if you're looking for how to make money, you don't come here to make money. You go to business schools, you know. Or you go to where they will teach you how to trade in cryptocurrency or how to trade in, a, in, in, in whatever. Forex. Or you go to where they will teach you how to make money, how to make soap, how to produce clothes. How to, you, there are places where they will teach you all of that with professionality and, they, and you will come out and make plenty of money. There are places where you do all of that. You come here to know him. That's where you come for. And it's unfortunate that the church has presented the church as a place where you pass through to get to where you're going. As a means to an end. And that is why people come to church with wrong appetites. They come to church with wrong appetites. So they are waiting for you to say, your problem will be solved. Amen. And if you don't say that, it's not a good service. See? Because you don't know the mission of the church. The mission of the church is to teach you Christ. In knowing Christ, you find fulfillment. 
in knowing Christ, you find satisfaction. This is life eternal, that they may know you. If any man glory, let him glory in this, that he knows him. Are we together in the building? You know, and the Bible, you know, wants us of this kind of Christianity. And the Bible wants us of those who teach gain as godliness. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 3. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse number 3. And brother Paul speaking to Timothy, a bishop, said to Timothy, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, hugaino, wholesome, healthy. What is hugaino? What are those words that are wholesome? Even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to the doctrine that has calia, to the teaching, to the explanation, which is according to godliness. Look at the next verse. If anybody is teaching otherwise, he is proud, knowing nothing. Anybody that teaches you anything that is not to reveal Christ is proud. Even if he's wearing okrika, nika and t-shirt, he is proud. Knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strife of words, whereof commit envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. Next verse. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. And he is destitute of the truth. He is broke. To be a destitute means you are broke. He is broke. He doesn't have the truth. He is empty. He is devoid of the truth. Supposing. Now, those, those are the people who preach that gain is godliness. You know what gain is godliness is? That's their message. You will make it. You will get there. You will get there. You cannot serve God and not buy a car. You cannot serve God and not build a house. You cannot serve God and be poor. Bible says such people are destitute. Because their message is that your godliness is measured by gain. What kind of car are you driving? That is what reveals God in your life. What kind of house do you have? How much money do you have in your bank account? That is the measure of God in your life. If you don't give a testimony, you, you may be living in sin. You know, those are the churches where you have people say, I came to this job. This is just two weeks. The evidence is outside. I just bought a second-hand Prado Jeep. It's outside. Two weeks only. I just joined this church. I've not been long in this church. This is just one week now. The lady has agreed to marry me. I just came to this church for one month. I've been looking for fruit of the womb. God is here. God is here. My wife is pregnant. Those are the messages that rob you of your reality in Christ. Supposing that gain is godliness. Put it up, put it up, put it up, put it up. Supposing that gain is godliness. From such messages... From such preachers, from such churches, withdraw thyself. Withdraw yourself. Are you still in the building? From such ministries, withdraw yourself. Look at the next verse. Oh my goodness, I love brother Paul. But godliness with contentment is great gain. 
For next verse, for it is certain we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry nothing out. Next verse, and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Let's be satisfied. Such messages put you under undue pressure. Such messages put you in a place of competition. Such place put you in a place of jealousy. They make you unhappy as a Christian. They bring you to a place where you're not contented as a child of God because you are measuring your true value on material things. What did Jesus teach? Jesus said, if our hope is only in this world, material stuff, we are of all men most miserable. See, I hear you. Now, so such churches where they teach you that gain is godliness, what they do is they make the word of God a means to an end. They make you use God to solve your problems. You use God to get your material stuff. You use God. And the true measure of your spirituality will be by the things you have. So people are compelled in such churches to give lying testimonies. To fabricate stories. To exaggerate. Because the only way they can be important among brethren is by the volume of their testimony. But if any man glory, let him glory in this. That he knows me. Oh, I, I didn't hear a powerful amen. Now, so that's why, that's why when you teach the word and say God prospers everybody equally, believers and unbelievers, they get angry with us. When we say, look, there's no special privilege for you as a Christian in material wealth. The same God is rich to all. He has blessed the good and the bad. If it's material, he has given, made the rain to fall on the righteous and on the unrighteous. He has made the sun to shine on the thankful and on the unthankful. Material things are given to all of us. Every human being because God loves the whole world. God doesn't want anybody to die in hunger. So he gave this world to all of us to access the treasures in it. Are you hearing me? It's not an exclusive for Christians. But there is something that is exclusive to us. And those are the things in Christ. You cannot access the things in Christ except you are in Christ. That's what we have that the unbeliever doesn't have. That's our advantage. That is what we have that the world cannot get. That, that is what we have that the world cannot explain. The world knows us not. Because it knew him not. Why? We are in him. That's our exclusive reserve. He has given us something more than material stuff. What we have is eternal life. We have the gift of righteousness through faith. Hallelujah. John 5.39 Speaking to the Jews he said to them You search the scriptures For in them you think You have eternal life And they are they Which testify of me Verse 40 And you will not come to me That you might have life Jesus is the end point of the scriptures 
Jesus is the destination of the scriptures. Jesus is the arrival point of the scriptures. Jesus is the high point of revelation. High point of revelation knowledge. Luke chapter 24 verse 25 to 27. On the way to Emmaus, he met those two disciples who were walking, Cleopas and his friend. And they were assuming that Jesus died in Mattia. And Jesus turned to them and he said to them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets? He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. We have established that Christ is a man. We have established the humanity and divinity of Christ. Both are together. You cannot have one without the other. So Christ is a man spirit soul and body let's see something galatians chapter 4 verse 6 <clears throat> galatians chapter 4 verse 6 and because you are sons god had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying abba father we are dealing with the post-resurrection Christ. So, the post-resurrection Christ is a man. Spirit, soul, and body. The spirit of his son is the Holy Spirit. There is a word there. The word heart has set forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. The word heart is a descriptive terminology. It could mean physical heart where blood is pumping or the heart of the matter the heart of a subject the core all right majorly using scripture for the unseen part of man that word cardia in the greek cardia where you have cardiology in english a study of the heart it deals with the core of a being like the heart of a matter something inside a man so when he says he sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts that is, he has sent the spirit of his son into our core, into our very core, crying, Abba Father. The word sent forth is a vital word. You have the word apostle, you have the word apostolos in the Greek or exa apostelo. Exa apostelo. And for those making notes, exa apostolo is spelled as E X A. A-P-O-S-T-E-L-L-O. Exa-apostelo. Same word for apostle. That word is used firstly to send a person on a specific task. To send a person on a specific task. That is the word exa-apostelo. It means whatever you send is sent to do something exa apostello that's why the next statement is crying crying abba father he is saying that god has sent forth his spirit to do a tax he has sent forth the spirit of his son to do a task 
Now, that tax is done in our hearts. So we must find out what is the task. There must be a task he is sent to carry out. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Romans chapter 8 verse number 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba Father. I have a challenge with the way King James Version, you know, keeps changing the terminology. So let's arrange it well for them and explain. Notice, the spirit of his son, the things are similar is the word Abba Father. The word Abba Father or Abba is used three times from Matthew to Revelation. It is used in Galatians 4, 6 where we first read. It is used in Romans 8, 15 where we just read. And it's used in Matthew 14, 36. And that was the first usage of it in the New Testament. Put it up for me. Matthew 14, 36. This was Jesus when he was praying. Matthew 14, 36 and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole as many as touched him were made perfectly whole all right now notice again matthew mark only captured a few words abba father abba father okay now but the gospel of john is an exhaustive he gave us the exhaustive prayer. And that's the prayer in John chapter 70. Which is what we call the high priestly prayer of Jesus. He gives us an explanation of that short prayer. Abba Father. And you need to read the whole of John 17 to get the full picture. So he says, Abba Father. The word Abba Father is used for affection. Affection. It's used for preciousness. Preciousness. So, Abba is descriptive. Not that he is precious to us. Mm -mm. The preciousness there is not that God is precious to us. Uh -uh. Abba Father means you are precious to him. It's not him being precious to you. Abba Father means you are the one that is precious to him. He has affection over us. Abba Father. A father who is affectionate toward us so when he says abba father is the same word in john 17 where he says and father father i pray not for this that you should take them out but that you should keep them father father holy father all right now so he says the spirit is sent forth into our hearts to reveal the affectionate relationship we have with god he sent forth into our hearts to reveal the affectionate relationship we have with God. So the tax of the spirit in us, the tax of the spirit in us is to unfold, unravel the fatherhood of God. The father and his family. So the work of the spirit Exa apostello is a task. His task is to unveil the father-son relationship we have with God. 
his task is to unveil the father-son relationship we have with God. The spirit is not sent to our hearts to say, Judge Jehovah. The spirit is not sent to our hearts to say, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah El Elyon, Jehovah Makadesh. No, the spirit is on a mission into our hearts to reveal the father-son relationship we have with God. Please pay attention. So he said to say, Abba Father. What spirit was sent into our hearts? Spirit of his son. Spirit of his son. Who is his son? Is he a man? The son of God, is he a man? So are we referring to the resurrected Christ or incarnate Christ? resurrected christ that means in the incarnation we have the spirit of the son all right what part of the spirit of the son because the spirit of the son such that we identify the same way so he says the spirit will say abba father same words jesus will utter before the father is the same words we are prompted to utter to our father same words the same words jesus will say to the father is same words we are prompted in our hearts to say to the father why because the spirit of his son has been released into our core and from our core he reveals our affectionate relationship with the father and so what we utter we utter that affection we utter that relationship now why are we uttering the same confession and the same conversation jesus is having with the father because we have the spirit of the son so when we mention the antichrist how many of you follow the teaching on the antichrist all right when we mention the antichrist we said the antichrist is not just a person the antichrist is a message is a message the anti anti against against christ the antichrist is not coming antichrist is not vaccination against corona antichrist is not a chip that bill gates is trying to put in your body to control you antichrist is a message and he is not coming he has been here for two thousand years we thought all of that okay he has been here for two thousand years now he has been in the world since the gospel started since the gospel began to be preached antichrist has been around the message of the antichrist is to deny the divinity of christ or the humanity of christ or both of them that's the message of the antichrist the antichrist is identified in false prophets or listen carefully false religions and we are coming there in a moment and i'm glad i'm doing this on first service so that it's not on radio now 
There's a school of thought that thinks that there was a book written. A school of thought. In fact, I read that book some years ago. It's called The Last Outcast. Okay? And there are a few books like that. And I don't like calling names. But I read a book called The Last Outcast. Where the, the, the writer of the book said that an incarnation was going to happen that will give birth to a child like Jesus who will be antichrist to attack Christ. Now, that is what the gist of the last outcast is. Now, stay with me. There are scriptures they misinterpret. Remember I have told you, when a scripture is misinterpreted, a truth is lost. And you cannot get, a, you cannot get the truth out of a misinterpreted scripture. You cannot get truth out of a lie. Because one scripture is misinterpreted. Anything communicated is a lie. You can't get the truth out of a lie. The truth is universal. And the truth never changes. The truth is eternal. It doesn't change with times. The truth is a standalone. Does not need anybody to support it. Are you following? Now. So the reason is because they do not, the, the, the writers of that school of thought have not been able to interpret the scripture very clearly because where they quoted for that incarnation is Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Let's go there. Genesis chapter 3 verse number 15. <clears throat> Genesis 3.15 <clears throat> And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So when they read between thy seed, they say Jesus is that seed who came by incarnation. Then when they read her seed, they now say there's another seed that will come through incarnation that will be antichrist. It logically makes sense, but it does not make sense in exegesis. And we don't teach Bible by sense. We teach Bible by exegesis. We don't do incegesis. We do exegesis. Incegesis is reading my thoughts into the Bible. Exegesis is letting the Bible tell me what it is thinking. Alright, so a man that just wants to use common sense will just say, well, the seed of the woman and the seed, so the two seed will come by incarnation and one will bruise the head of the other while the other one will bruise the heel of the other. But that's not what the Bible is talking about here. What the Bible is talking about here seems to sound that way but not with exegesis. They assume that the seed there refers to a special being called the Antichrist. Now that should be easy to explain. The word enmity is the word Eba in the Hebrew. E-Y-B-A-H. E-Y-B-A-H. Eba. In the Hebrew it means hatred and it means hostility. Enmity. Hatred and hostility. When it is used, it is used more as a heart thing. A thing of the heart. As a feeling of the heart. Used for something contrary to each other. Enmity. A condition of the heart toward another. 
that is displayed in action. Scriptures where it is used, and because of time, I won't read them. I'll give you to go and read them because I did extensive teaching on the seed of the woman and the heel and the head in Soteria season six. Soteria season six. So if you're really, really serious about wanting to know all of the details, get to Soteria season six. You will find all of that there now. So Numbers 35 21. The word Eaba. Numbers 35.21 Numbers 35.22 Ezekiel 25.15 Ezekiel 35.5 So basically it says there will be a spirit of hostility. I will put a difference. Enmity refers to things that are not the same. Opposite. That is, there will be a distinction between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. So, hostility means difference, distinction, or disparity. Difference, distinction, or disparity. The word seed is the word zora. It refers to descendant or offspring. Seed, zora descendant or offspring so he said the seed of the serpent is seed of serpent referring to a particular person well like i said the word seed can be used for singular and it can be used for plural depending on the context okay so let's find out is this a particular person the seed of the woman does he refer to the incarnation? Well, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 tells us that the seed of the woman is the incarnation. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Talking about the incarnation. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7 also confirms that. Isaiah 9 7. Therefore, the Lord himself, 9 7. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7, not 7 14. Isaiah 9 verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Still talking about Jesus. So then there's the seed of the serpent. We have seen the seed of the woman, all right? Incarnation. The seed of the serpent. We know that the serpent refers to the devil. There's, you don't need, it's not rocket science. The serpent refers to the devil. All right? John 8, 44. John chapter 8 verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Question, where is beginning? Genesis. Seed of the woman. Seed of the serpent. Descendants of the serpent. Descendants of Satan children of satan you are of your father the devil children of satan put it up for me he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him 
When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the founder of it. Father is founder. Jesus gives us an explanation that seed will mean children. Alright? So, why did he call them children of the devil? It's not difficult. He said because they did not believe in him. Look at that John 8, 45. After he called them the children of the devil, he said, And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. So, because you believe me not, you are children of the devil. Because you do not believe. And when you don't believe the gospel, you are anti-Christ. Because you believe me not, you are of your father, the devil. Now, so the enmity is faith. The enmity is faith. He said they did not believe him. He said, because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. That's why he calls them children of the devil. So the word Iaba in the Hebrew is the condition of the heart. So the word enmity there will be unbelief. Unbelief, that's the enmity. So that unbelief could lead to actions. That unbelief could lead to persecutions. Actions or persecutions. Let me ask you a question. Was Jesus not persecuted? Who persecuted him? The children of the devil. The children of the devil. Why? They didn't believe what he was saying. He said, I am my father are one. What did they do? They took stones. Why are they taking stones? They don't believe him. And so they, since they don't believe him, what did they do? They persecute him. But observe. The seed of the woman, which is Jesus, will be the one to bruise both the head and the heel. The head and the heel. Because, for lack of time, now I won't be able to do exegesis. The head is sin. The heel is death. Okay? So, both the head and the shadow. The heel is the shadow of the head. So, Jesus destroyed both the head and the heel. But the heel is behind. So, the first thing Jesus has done is he has destroyed sin. But mortality, which is the shadow, is still coming. So, that's why the Bible said the last enemy that shall be destroyed will be dead. That's why Romans will say, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan shortly. That's death, mortality. Am I teaching here? So both the head and the heel will be destroyed by the seed of the woman. It's not like the seed of the woman will destroy your head and you will bruise his heel. No, he will be the one to both destroy the head and bruise the heel. It's just the way they, 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 they translate us interpreted it but if you go to the original that's exactly what you will see and like i said if you want further details soterios is in six has all of it there with all the scriptures to explain that now but the first thing is enmity unbelief the state of a man's heart against the gospel of christ 
In First John chapter 3 verse 8, please pay attention, I beg of you. First John chapter 3 verse 8, he that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil. The word sin here is defined in context. When he said the devil sinned from the beginning, what does he mean? From Genesis. So what did the devil do in Genesis? Unbelief, John 8, 44. You have your father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's a liar. There's no truth in him. And he's a father of, of lies. Then verse 45. You believe not. So when he said, He that sinned is of the devil. What's the sin? Unbelief. Again, context will explain sin. You know, context. There is no omnibus application to the use of the word sin. Context, for example, he that knoweth to do good and knoweth it not, to him is sin. Okay? Are you with me here? Okay? Whatever is not of faith is sin. See another context? Little children, these things write unto you that you see not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. First John chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. So, that's another sin in another context. Romans 5 12, 4. As by one man sin, a socomai into the world. Okay, that's another context. So, sin is sin. Even though sin is not sin, it is context that defines that word sin. So, in this context, 1 John 3, 8. Whatsoever is born of God does not sin. He is a believer. Look at verse 12 of 1 John 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 12. Not as Cain... Who was of that wicked one and slew his brother? And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. He was his brother. Now, how was his brother's works righteous? By faith, Abel. What about Cain? Unbelief. Abel, faith. Cain, unbelief. A child of the devil. The devil, the father of liars. Liars against the truth. Which is unbelief. To resist the truth. Now, please pay attention. When he said the children of the devil and the children of God. He is referring to faith in Christ. Look at Matthew 13, 38. Matthew Chapter 13, verse 38. Lots of scriptures good for your health. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. Not as Cain who was of the wicked one. The children of the wicked one are the tares. They are the tares. Cain was also of the wicked. So how is someone a child of the devil? Someone is a child of the devil by disobedience. 
So disobedience will be what? Unbelief to the gospel of Christ. How do you prove that? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of what? Disobedience. So notice, the very first thing they are called is that they are the children of disobedience. Disobedience is always of faith. Always. That is those who are not persuaded of the gospel. Brother Paul uses the same word in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6 and 7. Are you still in the building? Or have you gone home? Okay. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon what? The children of what? Disobedience. The children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. That means the seed of the devil refers to who? The children of what? Disobedience. Referring to those who in their hearts oppose the message of the gospel. They don't believe. And they cannot go further to persecute it. They don't believe, but they can't go further to persecute it. Somebody was telling me within the week that in their theological school, after listening to one of my messages on radio, they decided to debate on the message in their class with their professor. <laughs> so at the end of their debate, they couldn't fault what I was teaching. So they now asked their professor, what is your take? The professor said, well, uh, the guy does too much research. <laughs> he does too much research. Uh, we can't really fault it. But uh, we won't adopt it. You know, when you are too solid, people will not know how to handle you. So we can't fault it, but we won't adopt it. He does too much research. That's a professor of theology. He must be reading theology from Israel's point of view. They are not Christocentric. Many of them. They are not Christocentric. So they miss the message. They miss the message and they pursue shadows. They pursue historical data. They pursue... Once theology misses Christology, it is no more theology. What makes theology is Christology. Christology is the mother of theology. All the other lodges land on Christology. All the other lodges. Eschatology, Bibliology, Angelology, Ecclesiology, Soteriology. All the lodges, if they are not landing on Christology, they are in error. What the check and balance of theology is Christology. Ask any theologian, except he didn't read theology. Christology is search the scriptures. For in them you think you have it. They are there. That's Christology. 
beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, all the scriptures, theology, the things, Christology, Christ-centered, Christocentric. Teaching good? If you are born of God, you will know I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> you may not know all that I'm saying, but there will be a witness in your heart that this is true. Praise God. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. They don't believe. And they can go against the gospel to persecute it. Okay? Now, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Brother Paul asked in them to pray for him. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Next verse. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. We be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. Unreasonable and wicked. So the Antichrist is a message in people. The Antichrist is a message in people. The other day when we did an extensive study of the Antichrist, we saw that there is not one person called Antichrist. Did we see that? There's not one person. Okay? Not one person. False prophets. False Christs. It was always plural because it's a message in people that is antichrist. Look at First John chapter two verse eighteen. First John chapter two verse eighteen and nineteen. Little children, it is the last time, as you have heard, that antichrist shall come. Even now, even now, he's not coming in the future. Even now, are there many antichrists? Plural. Whereby we know that it is the last time. 19. They went out from us. So they are not purely unbelievers. They have a form of godliness. They went out from us. For if they had been of us. They will no doubt have continued with us. But they went out. That they might be made manifest. That they were not all of us. Verse 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all these things. You know all these things. So the anointing teaches us to know that Christ came in the flesh. So the truth is Christ is both human and divine. First John chapter 4 verse 6. First John chapter 4 verse 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Heareth not us. So religions that deny the humanity of deity of Christ are the spirit of error. Religions, and I want you to listen, that's antichrist. Any religion that denies the deity of Christ or denies the humanity of Christ or deny the deity and the humanity of Christ is antichrist. 
and the teaching of that religion when it enters people it makes the people antichrist so there are many of them even in new york there are many antichrists because they are in those churches where the deity of christ is not celebrated where they teach that christ is a prophet any religion that says jesus is only a prophet all the all the adherents of that religion all of them are antichrist you are not hearing me <laughs> don't worry first <laughs> john 4 2 pay attention first john chapter 4 verse 2 hereby know ye the spirit of god every spirit that confesseth that jesus christ is come in the flesh is of god next verse and every spirit that confesseth not that jesus christ is come in the flesh is not of god and this is the spirit of antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already is it in the world first corinthians 12 3 teaching good first corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 wherefore i give you to understand i give you what that no man speaking by the spirit of god called jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So that means it's about what is said. Antichrist is in words. What is said, the message. The message is what makes it Antichrist. Did you hear that? The message. Jehovah wickedness, Antichrist. Wait first. I told you I'm grateful that we're not on radio. Did it I say that? Because I have a plan. <laughs> you identify the Antichrist by what is said. What are they teaching? What are they teaching? What is their message? It reveals who Antichrist is. Any message that denies that God is a man is Antichrist. And any message that denies that the man is God is Antichrist. It must believe that God is a man and it must believe that the man is God. Otherwise, if those two legs are not there, even if it's only one leg that is there, it's Antichrist. You're not hearing me. This is, what, this is our faith. We must know our faith enough to defend it so that nobody will say we are all together. We are not all together. We don't serve the same God. My God is a man. His name is Jesus the man that's my god we are not serving the same god 
are not serving the same God. Don't make that mistake. So in Christianity, the message is very vital and fundamental. The message. That's why you don't go to church where the pastor say, I know I cannot teach like Abel, but I can operate the spirit. When a pastor talks like that, it is a dismissal announcement. If you can't teach, why are you a pastor? Why did you gather people and you cannot teach? You have no right to gather people if you cannot teach. Even if you are an evangelist, the moment you gather people, you must do the work of a pastor. You must teach. I give them pastors according to my heart who shall feed them. It is the job of the pastor to feed and you feed by teaching. You feed by teaching. You feed by teaching. Not by spirit. You feed by teaching. If you cannot teach, don't gather anybody. Because you will end up destroying them. I'm teaching good now. The message is very important. What is being said. That's why every time I teach you, hear me say, pay attention. Do I always say that? Because that is what matters in all of our gathering. What is being said. So, apart from the spirit called Antichrist, the message is key to identify the spirit. Because Antichrist is a system of belief. A teaching. A message. Antichrist is a system of belief. A teaching. A message. There is no religion in the world. Not one. That doesn't talk about Jesus. There's not one religion. Not one. All religions in the world. Make reference to Jesus. But what do they say about Jesus? Some will acknowledge his divinity. But not his humanity. Some will acknowledge his humanity. Not his divinity. Some will acknowledge that Jesus is a prophet. That's the end. The one that makes all religions to urinate eh, is when you say Jesus rose from the dead. That one is the killer. They can't stand it. They can't stand it. If you say Jesus is a man, they can argue. If you say he is God, they can argue. But if you say Jesus is a man who died, was buried and rose by himself. Ah, that one is, it, it will just kill them. They can't stand it. The evil spirit inside them will suddenly cause them to run stomach. You will see them going to the toilet and coming back. Because you said Jesus rose from the dead. You know, we have to draw the line. He rose and is alive today. So, listen. Virtually, all religions like the four gospels. All religions. And religious Christians like four gospels. Don't hurt your enemy. Love your enemy. Pray for those that cause you. Do good to all men. If they ask you for one, you should give them two. 
If they say, escort me to the bank, go beyond the bank, take them back home. They like that. Jesus, they like for gospel. If they have their way, they will remove epistles and Old Testament and let for gospel be the only Bible. You know that pocket Bible? It's not of God. It's not of God. If you have it, throw it away. Go and buy a Bible. That small Bible is not of God. I'm the one telling you. Why did you remove the Old Testament? Meanwhile, the Old Testament is the mother of theology. Then you remove it. There's even another one. It's just for gospel. Have you seen that one? It's just for gospel. And people buy it and they carry it to church and say, I came with Bible. <laughs> you didn't come with Bible. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have Bible. One of these Sundays, I'm going to ask all of you to come to church with your paper Bibles. So I'm giving you notice. Because that Sunday, I will go around inspecting your Bible. I'm just giving you a notice ahead. If you don't have, go and buy now. If you have that folk gospel, throw it away. Go and buy Bible. If you have small New Testament, throw it away. Go and get a complete Bible because this is a Bible teaching church. Your textbook is what? The Bible. It's a serious matter. Go and look for Bible. Have you heard of the man Mahatma Gandhi? You've heard of Mahatma Gandhi? Who is a pro-antichrist. Mahatma Gandhi is, the, is a pro in antichristis, in, 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 in antichristos. He says, I like Christ, but I don't like Christians. They said why? He said, if everybody can imbibe the teachings of Christ in the four gospels, the whole world will never remain the same. He doesn't like Christians. He doesn't like the Bible. He only likes four Gospels. Now, this is different from people who just have false doctrine. Antichrist is different from people who just have false doctrine. There are people who have false doctrine. For example, some years ago in Nigeria, if you say you are born again, it means you cover your head. Is that true? If you don't cover your head, you are not born again. I mean, I'm talking about early 80s late 70s into early 80s some of you are not there so you won't know what i'm talking about every born again christian must tie scarf that's the only way christians were known no earring no necklace and you cover your ear with the scarf that was the identity of christian that was wrong doctrine that's not antichrist and some years ago men cannot be tolerated to wear earrings no jerry coil if you perm your hair, you are a child of the devil. You are an ungrateful child, human being. And you know, a wrong doctrine can be a function of belief system. As a result of not being well taught. Some people fight us today, you know. Do you do water baptism in your church? No. Ah! You don't do water baptism? Now what do you do? <laughs> Do you eat communion? We don't eat. So what are you eating? We eat Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he 
in this city, in this video, we were the first church that allowed women to come to church with trousers. We were the first church. And we were the first church that allowed women to come without calf. And we were so persecuted in this city, we just kept our face, you know me, just kept our face like that. Until all of them joined. So this one we have started talking, our faces like this. <laughs> it has happened before. It has happened before, it will happen again. It has happened before. Uh-uh. <laughs> it will happen. It's just a little time. Don't worry. Just a little while. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. He said, ah, do you pay tight in your church? No. What? What? You don't pay tight? What? <laughs> Look at them and tell them, I give more than tight. That will shut them up. I give more than tight. I don't pay tithe, but I give over the tithe. Why? Because what God has done for me, 10% is too small to express it. You humble them permanently. What you tell them is, shut up and don't talk again. You are still struggling with 10%. We have gone beyond. We give more than 10%. Glory to God. Yeah. Don't give 10%. 10% is for Old Testament people. 10% is for people that goats and animal were dying for. People that Jesus died for don't give 10%. They give more than 10%. If you tell them like that, eh, they will be going to toilet and come back. <laughs> Running stomach. <laughs> What's wrong with me today? Let's continue. <laughs> Let's continue with our teaching. <laughs> So you don't baptize people in your church? Yes. Why? Nothing is wrong with baptism. It's just swimming. Huh? It's not going to the toilet. Say, ah, so you don't eat communion? Yes. Why? Nothing is wrong with communion. It's snack in church. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. We have the real deal. We have found him. He lives on our inside. Somebody is not shouting hallelujah. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 12. Look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 12 talked about a people that were preaching wrong doctrine. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how says some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? This is error. It's not antichrist. This is as a result of wrong teaching. It doesn't mean these people are antichrist. For somebody to be antichrist, it must be a teaching that denies the humanity or the deity of Christ. So there were people who were preaching that there's no rapture, that there'll be no glorification of the body. That means they were believers, but had no knowledge, but they were not antichrist. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 17. 2 Timothy 2.17 And their word will eat as dot a canker of whom is Hymnios and Philetus. 18. Who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. It's they erred, means they didn't know much. They are saying that the saints' bodies are glorified already. Those are false teachings. And some are saying that circumcision is necessary. 
So if you are born again, you still need to be circumcised. Those are false teachings. But that doesn't make them antichrist. Brother Paul rebuked them like we rebuke such people. Now, antichrist is to deny the divinity and humanity of Christ. In other words, the gospel affirms the humanity and deity of Christ. These are incontrovertible facts. They are not facts that can be argued. It's only the spirit of Antichrist that argues with those facts. So don't go around looking for the spirit of Antichrist. When people don't agree with you doctrinally, you say you have Antichrist. No. Antichrist is not disagreement on doctrinal basis. It's disagreement on fundamental issues. Teaching good? Antichrist deals with certain facts. Facts like 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 4. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Look at 1 Timothy 3, 16 and without controversy. 1 Timothy 3, 16. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest where? In the flesh. God was manifest. So the spirit of Antichrist denies this. All the religions, Grail Message, Ekanka, Islam, Shintoism, Jehovah Wickedness, they all mention Jesus. Guru Maharaji, Mormons, but disagree with either his humanity or deity. They all mention Jesus. They like Jesus. I'm telling you. And they want to hear more of Jesus. They want to. That is why when they come to the truth where Jesus is well preached, they get born again. So Antichrist can get born again. When Antichrist is confronted with that sound truth of the gospel, some of them get born again. You remember two days ago we were live on TV here and during Ask the Counselor, somebody, a Muslim, a Muslim called us and said, eh, from Niger State. She said, I'm a Muslim, but I love the teachings of Dr. Damina. I follow all the teachings and I want him to pray. I have a prayer request. I believe if he prays, God will answer. But I'm a Muslim. There are many of them that are following. And the reason is because some of them were not told the truth. They were deceived. So when they come face to face with the truth about Jesus and his love, there's one thing you can't find in Islam. Grace. Islam does not have grace. Islam does not know grace. Eye for eye. Leg for leg. Tooth for tooth. If you steal, they amputate your hand. There's no mercy in Islam. So when you confront them with the love of God, the mercy of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, it just overruns them. They are not bad people. It's just that they have not been given the right message. Am I communicating at all? They've not been given the right message. When the right message gets to them, and another problem they have is Jesus being son of God. They can't understand how God will have a son. Does God marry? God cannot marry. So how did he produce a son? That means Islam does not understand miracles. Because if they understand miracles, they will know that a God who created the earth can decide to appear in any form. 
And that's why when you meet Muslims and you pray and miracles happen, they get born again without argument. Because miracle ends up all of their wrong teachings. And suddenly they want to know this person that can open blind eyes. Suddenly they want to know this person that can take off cancers. Suddenly they want to know this person that can cause the lame to walk. Am I talking to somebody? We preach Christ crucified. So therefore Galatians 4, 6 where we started as I begin to round up. Bless this morning. And because you are sons, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying Abba Father. Send forth means to perform a task. The word crying is the Greek word kaizo. K-I-A-Z-O. K-I-A-Z-O. It's used figuratively to shout out a message. To shout out a message. The word crying. It means to call out. That word crying is not whoa, the spirit of adoption in us is doing whoa, father, whoa, father. No, crying there means kaizo. It means to shout out, to call out. It's about the message. That means the message of the son in the spirit is to be said loud. The word cry. It means an overwhelming tone. It's not weep. It's not shout out. It means an overwhelming emphasis of the spirit of his son. An overwhelming emphasis. And that overwhelming emphasis is the affectionate relationship the father has with us. Overwhelming emphasis of the message. And that overwhelming emphasis is an emphasis of the affectionate relationship that the father has with us. We shout it as an overwhelming message. So cry out is not weep. The same word is used in Romans 8.15. Abba father is the overwhelming message. Is the affectionate nature of God. You know the name of God is called father in the epistles. Father means more than any other book of the Bible, the epistles emphasizes that God is our father, the fatherhood of God. And that's why when you say the spirit of his son, Christ Abba Father, Paul said that is to also say this is where the message comes from. This is where the message comes from. The message of the apostles. The spirit of the son. Crying. Abba father. Teaching. Abba father. Singing. Abba father. Preaching. Abba father. Praying. Abba father. That in the message, the teaching, the prayer, the songs. Is that message of the affectionate relationship we have with the father. Are you still in the building? Crying kaizo. To say something very loud. It's not a crying out. It's the message of the spirit. It's the message of the new testament. Abba father. The affectionate dear relationship 
intimate relationship the father has with us hallelujah that's why brother john will say behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of god now are we the sons of god hallelujah if the father cannot say no to jesus the father cannot say no to me Jesus said, show them, Father, that the same way you love me, you love them. The same glory you give to me, I have given to them. That where I am, there they are. So we share in his person and we also share in his position. So in his person, we are one. In his position, we are seated together. That is the authority of Jesus is our authority. So when Jesus tells demons out and they go out, me too. When I tell demons out, they must go out. It's the same authority. When Jesus heals the sick, me too. When I pray for the sick, they get healed. Why? It's the same authority. No inferior, no superior. No less, no more. The same. Seated together. I in him. He in me. We are one. No more, no less. Complete in him. The head of all principalities. And powers. Get on your feet. That's all I got for you in this house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Glory. The spirit of his son in our hearts. Crying. Abba Father. Which means the affectionate, intimate relationship that the father has toward us bless this morning lift your right hands to heaven father thank you for revelation knowledge that flows through this house unrestricted revelation knowledge flowing online on radio on television social media revelation knowledge in all our campuses house churches bible study centers revelation knowledge flowing like a flood and we decree that this revelation grows big in our hearts until nothing else matters in the name of jesus sick bodies be healed barriers be terminated in the name of jesus wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice where you need a miracle this week as your heaven is coming like thunder receive a miracle receive a miracle sick bodies be healed be healed every symptom flushed out every symptom flushed out your organs refreshed your bones refreshed every pain and every discomfort out in the name of jesus and father i decree and i declare that out of this house and around the world an army rising that will preach this overwhelming message of the intimate relationship that you have with us and we decree that disciples are raised across the board men and women rising with the truth of the gospel and declaring it in every man's world in the name of jesus thank you for answered prayer in jesus precious name and every believer says that amen on a note of finality if you're excited about the message this morning go ahead and celebrate glory go ahead and celebrate glory 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 amen Listen to me, I want to take up your offerings, but listen very carefully. We give not like those who give under the blood of animals. We give like those who appreciate what Christ has done in his death, burial, and resurrection. 
given us his best. God so loved the world, gave his only. He that spared not his son, but gave him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? God so loves us. And that love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, producing the same action. Same love. Same spirit. Spirit of his son in our hearts. So every time we give, we give it in acknowledgement of that love. And we give from a heart of that love and appreciation. And I want to also mention for, you know, all our partners around the world, we love you and we thank you for all that you do to support what we do here in this house. We want you to know that your givings and your support helps us to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we want to thank you. And this morning, just before we sign you off, my new books are out. Um, the two books, uh, uh, The Communion Table, uh, you know, The Communion Table, and I'm going to present it just before we close. That's why I mentioned, because we're going to sign you off. The Communion Table, Causes, Myth, and the Truth. The two books are out. Make sure you order for yours anywhere you are around the world. Just shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Our office will process it and make sure the books get to wherever you are around the world. But we want you to know that those resources will enrich your work with Christ and equip you to be able to present the gospel and answer questions within those parameters. Amen. Get out a good offering this morning. Online, the banking details are scrolling. On television, the banking details are scrolling. And, uh, you know, we just want you to know you can quickly send in your offerings everywhere you are around the world in honor of God's word. Lift up your offerings to heaven, everybody. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the privilege to give this morning. We give in faith and we give with hearts of gratitude. We give responsibly, understanding the assignment that is ahead of us to advance the cause of Christ on the earth. So I ask that as we give this morning, our offerings are already acceptable before you and we also are acceptable. And we rejoice for the privilege to make a difference in our father's business on the earth through our giving. Thank you for the blessing today. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. I didn't hear that amen at all. Let's celebrate our viewers around the world for being a part of this service. And hey, hey, hold, hold, hold. Remember, I'm going to be live by 11 a.m. this morning. And for those of you that, are, that want to know what we're doing next in the, our Bible studies, our daily Bible studies, you know, um, some of you have finished the four Gospels within the last two weeks. You know, we even finished the four Gospels right into the book of Acts, my own family. Now, from tomorrow, we're going to begin from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Six books, and all of them must be finished by the 31st of March. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. If you read five chapters a day, five chapters, by the 31st of May, you will have finished those books. If you read just five chapters a day, five chapters every day, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. So by 31st of March, we will have finished. Then I will announce the next phase of reading of the Bible books. Is that clear? And let me also mention to the online community, from tomorrow Monday at 6 p.m., we're going to rebroadcast our teachings on TED, training, evangelism, and discipleship. So we want you to follow and use it to prepare yourselves for the great assignment ahead of us in the days to come and weeks to come. And that's why I'm rebroadcasting it so that you can get there and refresh and refire yourself for evangelism and discipleship. 
but it's going to be exciting. We love you guys, and we look forward to seeing you at 11 a.m. this morning as I bring a continuation of what I started teaching this morning. And until we connect with you then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service this morning. Glory! Amen! Woo! Glory to God. I tell you I'm excited this morning. Now listen. 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.